welcome back to Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler, and I'm so happy that you've joined us. As the creator and host of this podcast, it is critical to me to convey to you, our listeners, how much positive power you have inside of you right now, in this very moment. You have the power to change your life. And that could be changing it, like I had to back when I was 23, from a place of kind of being on a road to nowhere, kind of feeling hopeless and stuck, to being on a road to somewhere desirable, someplace good. It could also be changing your life from good to great. And it could also be changing your life from great to, I cannot believe how incredibly blessed and lucky I am to get to live this life. You have that power inside of you. And that is all you need to get started. The rest, you can learn along the way. I started this podcast as a way to bring stories of hope and triumph, as well as resources that will help you along that journey, whatever that might be, whatever your starting place is, or whatever your destination might be. My sincerest hope is that you find it valuable. So let's go. Here is this week's episode. Yesterday is someone that I've known for a while now. We first met back in 2014 when I was hired by the company she was at then, Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, to do coach training with their managers. She is now the Associate Director for Field Sales Broker and Community Engagement for Centerwell Senior Primary Care. We were chatting back in March of this year as she was helping with, with uh, my research into the lives of happy and successful sales managers. And as we talked, I knew that she would be a fabulous guest here on the podcast. So I'm super excited to have her here and to introduce you to Charlene Renee Reber-Clark. Renee, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. And of course, you know, for those who are listening, they don't get to see what's behind you, but you have the Grand Tetons behind you, I believe. I do. We're here in Wyoming having a great time today. On vacation, and you're still making time for this. So I'm so happy. So, hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? And I guess we should also mention our connection. We worked together back in 2014, I think it was. I think that's the year. Yeah, That was a long time ago. (laughs) So, yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. And then we'll start with your story. Sure. Well, I'm just an average American. I am. I live in South Carolina. I love South Carolina. Just an average American, all-American gal who went to college and wanted to, you know, start her life. And I worked for a number of companies, worked for Blue Cross of South Carolina for almost 20 years. And just recently, I now work for Humana, specifically with Centerwell Senior Primary Care. So just an average gal just trying to make her stride in this world. Let's start with 2008, because I think that was kind of a pivotal kind of crossroads, if you will, for you? It was. It was definitely a challenging year. Never (laughs) thought I would be encountering some of the issues, the the challenges at that time, but I went through a divorce at that time. In my high school class, I was most likely to never have gotten a divorce. So here I am in this situation with a failed marriage and two beautiful children uh, to pretty much take care of on my own. So 
It's not where you want to be, but that's where I landed in 2008. Wow. So I know when we talked earlier, you said you were divorced and you said you had like $100 to your name. I did. Yeah. We had our second child had quite a bit of sickness. He, oh, um, wow. he almost didn't make it the day that he was born. And he was airlifted to MUSC. And they told me that he was not going to make it just being about four hours old. So through all of that, you would think that, you know, husband and wife could come together and it didn't happen that way. And so getting into 08 here, I had now a four-year-old who's still battling, you know, a reactive airway disease and having some challenges. And now, you know, a huge line of debt for, you know, even after the claims of process. Oh, yeah. How am I going to take care of this all on my own? So after, you know, the dust always settled and all the assets divided, there were no assets at that time. So $100 is all I had to, <laughs> to start again with two boys. So that's kind of bleak, you know, Very. at that moment. How did you pick yourself up? Well, you know what you have to do for your children, but you also mm-hmm. know what you have to do for yourself. So I made, I took some time. I talked to a number of friends and I just started to put down on paper again. What I wanted for my life and putting it on paper has always been very pivotal for me. You set your goals and I hadn't done that. I had gotten moved away from that. So going through some boxes, I found a list of all the things that I ever wanted to really accomplish. And I I couldn't believe that that person who wrote that list at age 18 was not the same person who was at age 30. Mm. She had gotten off track. So we decided we're going to make a new list. Cool. And then when you say we, you and the boys? Your kids? Um, Yeah, me and the boys. Yes. Okay. So, and I'm just kind of curious, what were some of the things on the list? Well, we wanted to do a lot of travel. So hence, we're doing some of that now. There was places we wanted to see. More so, just trying to meet as many people as we possibly could and learn from them. It was a simple list, but it was a list of things that I had not worked toward getting accomplished. I had gotten off track. You can align yourself with the wrong people in this world. So that was a Mm -hmm. huge lesson for me out of this. And I was determined I wasn't going to do that again. I wasn't going to put myself in that same situation. So encountering my 18-year-old list, I realized I had gotten off track. So let's write a new one and let's stick to the plan this time. Yeah. You know, something I really love about that, Renee, is that it occurred to me, it's never too late to make a new list. Never. Never. Right? Right. Okay. So let me ask you this, because this might be kind of interesting or curious. When you saw that list that your 18-year-old self had made, did you feel any sense of attachment to it? Like, oh, I have to go back and really be committed to that. No, but I had forgotten who that girl was. Mm. And I had to get realigned to her. I had to adopt her again because the person who I was at 30 was not the creative, exciting, you know, ready to launch 18-year-old. You know, uh, the 30-year-old was exhausted, worn out, tired, angry, really angry, upset, frustrated, (laughs) disappointed. And that was one of the biggest lessons too. We're going to have disappointment. We're going to have things that are going to happen in our life that are totally outside of our control. But what we do with it and how we act, how we behave in that and how we want to grow, that's up to us. That we can control. That's exactly right. I love that. And now, so what did you do to make that shift so that you were more creative? And I liked your ready to launch because it was it more than just making the list. Yeah, it was. It was, well, you have to write your list out and I'm a firm believer in that, but you have to speak over your list. So it's writing it out. It's speaking over it, whether you want to do it in prayer, whether you want to speak mm. to a life coach about it, 
someone who can support you in it because you're going to need people along the way. And, you know, at 30 years old, I was mad because I was trying to do it all on my own. And another lesson learned, I can't do this life list on my own. You have to call in those resources. You have to call in that support. So you write your plan out. You, You speak over it or you pray over it. And then you post it where you can see it. Not so much as a daily affirmation, but you put it within your home. So that way, you know, this is the plan. This is the action plan. This is where I want to get to. Just know you may never accomplish it all, but those are your passions. Those are your desires. And now how much detail did you go into on that list? Um, A good bit, (laughs) a good bit, because there are, you know, some sub points because you have to write out what I can contribute to reaching that goal. And what kind of help I'm going to need in order to accomplish that goal. So you break it out in that regard. But that was the hardest part for me. I was always very determined I could do all of this on my own. Need help, you know, need support. I think that's one of the great challenges for those of us who have been independent. You know, we've, we've had to pick ourselves up. It can be hard to say, it's okay for me to ask for help. Doesn't mean I'm weak. It is. Right. But that was the persona though. That, you know, if I, if you can't do it, then you really didn't accomplish it. But that's not true because it takes support from your family. It takes support from your friends, from your social circles, from your religious organizations. If you are, you know, if you are part of a church, part of your community, there's all kinds of things that you can search out to get support, but you have to ask for help and you have to be okay with asking for help. And not be so uh, self-judgmental, like, oh, well, what's wrong with me if, I, if I'm if i asking for help? Because I think that gets in exactly. our way, right? Exactly, exactly. Because we all have talents that we can bring to a project. Right. We're not talented in every area. No. So you need to call on, let's just say engineers. You need to call on d- design planners. You need to call on structural, you know, foundational. So it's, you know, someone's got to put the roof on, right? That's so- right. And it doesn't have to be you. That's right. right. Doesn't have to be you. So when we talked before, I was looking over my notes and one of the things you said was you can't be creative when your mind is depressed. Exactly. Tell me more about that because I loved that. Exactly. Because when you are in that depressive state, your whole mind is locked down. I'm reading a really cool book now. It's called Switch on Your Brain. And we forget that our thought, our brain starts our thought process, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, consciously or subconsciously, it's that frontal lobe component, but that's our thoughts become reality. If we stay in a depressive state, there's no room for creativity. There's no room for expansion or growth. And so you've got to break free from that. And how at that time in 2008, I was so angry that I, I didn't know what to do with that anger. And so mm-hmm. I decided I can't bring this anger into a new home, well, into a, a refreshed home that I'm trying to create for myself and the children. So what I decided to do is I, on a healthy aspect, I'm going to pound out that anger as much as I can in the gym or on a treadmill. And I think I went a little overboard on that <laughs> because <laughs> I lost a good bit of weight. <laughs> uh, my mom thought I got too anorexic in a way. She's like, you're not eating. And I said, yes, I am. I'm just mad, madder than a hornet. Because it was walking out of a failed marriage. And to me, you know, failure is not an option, but I've learned it's okay to have failures. It's okay. You've got to learn and grow through them. But um, I had a push mower and I had about two acres of grass that I had to mow. And I mowed that two acres of grass in a very angry style with a very angry pattern. You could see those two acres would go to the gym in the morning, would go to the gym in the afternoon. 
um, when the boys got home from homework. But I wanted to get that anger out and not bring it into the house. That helped me. That helped me release the chemicals in my brain to start remapping how I'm going to move forward. How long did it take you to work out that anger? About two solid years. Wow. About two solid years. She mowed a lot of grass. I did. (laughs) My yard looked beautiful. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love that. Oh, you said something I wanted to ask about uh, that, you know, you, you came from that background of failure is not an option. Right. Definitely. So, I mean, I, I can remember my father dropped me off at college, you know, and said, this is all your college money. Don't come home until you make us proud. That's what my father said the day he dropped me off at college. Don't come home until you make us proud. So what did I do? A-type personality. Yeah, I ended up being senior class president. I ended up with a paid internship in Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill. Did everything I could to get his attention to make him proud, but it was never enough. So you have to learn that you are sufficient. You are enough, but it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have failures and it's okay to reach out for others to assist you along the way. But see, Renee, that is a powerful shift, right? With that kind of, let's say, pressure from your dad. And then to be, to get to the point where like, wait a minute, I, it's okay if I fail, you know, I'm enough. How did you make that shift? Well, I determined I'm going to learn something out of this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to let it eat me up. I'm not going to let it destroy me. There has got to be something fantastic that can come out of this life that I am here to live, right? Yeah. So, you know, you start talking to the right people. And that was another Mm. lesson. Don't incorporate toxic people in your life, whether they're, whether they are friends or family or church or social organizations, you've got to identify who is sending you the wrong negative messages. And you have to recognize not everybody wants you to succeed. There are people along the way that are, would be actually thrilled if you did fail. So you've got to not necessarily cut them out, you move away from those people yeah, and you focus in on the positive ones, the positive humans on this earth that can help you accomplish those goals. It's a healthy mindset. It starts right here in the frontal lobe. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I love how you put that too, about the removing the toxicity or the, the, the negative. The other thing you talked about earlier too, was that you learned not to be fearful. Right. Right. Because you can't let the unknown scare you. So if you don't know something, go find out about it. Do your research about it. Ask about it. Because all it is, is an education piece on how to get past that unknown. But don't let anything hold you back from what you want to accomplish for your life. So one thing on that list was to get a house paid for. So in 2008, we talked about having just $100. I didn't know how I was going to pay buy groceries pay the light bill, or even the mortgage that was going to be due in the next week. But I figured it out. I had to pick up a few extra shifts. I had to get a second job. We figured it out. That was in 08. In 2021, I paid my house off. You know, so living debt-free can be a goal. You know, I don't live in the Taj Mahal, but I'll tell you, my home is a home that my children as they're, as now that they're grown young men, they come home to, to visit me. I mean, it's amazing what I've been able to see these two young men of mine, Cameron and Justin do with their money. And how old are they now? So Cameron's 21. He's a fireman and going to school full-time at my alma mater. And he's taking care of his own college bill. It's really amazing. No that way. child is, yeah, he's he got applied for scholarships himself and he works full-time as a fireman. Now, granted, he's living back at the house, 
which was a deal that we made, but it's temporary, right? He will Mm -hmm. one day be out of this completely on his own. Um, And Justin uh, got married last August, has a great job with one of the um, automobile firms and works from home and travels quite a bit with him and his new wife. So, yep. That's cool. Very, very proud of those two young men. And now which one, you said one of them, uh, you said to them, go be the person you thought you'd be. Right. And it's so amazing. So since I've seen you last, we've actually had a conversation that was with, that's with Cameron. Cameron came home the other day. He says, mom, I don't think I want to live in the upstate of South Carolina. And I said, all right, go be and go do, make your list and go be and go do. And what do you need from me to support you in that? I had to come and prove to my parents, my worthiness. And I've taught my children that you are worthy. You are sufficient in and of yourself. So what do you need to get to launch your goals? Where do you want to be in this world? What do you want to do? How do you want to contribute to this world? And how can I support you in that? It's a different mindset. So Mm -hmm. part of it too is not just having a failed marriage, but also having to break my family process. It was a very negative mindset growing up all those years, Mm -hmm. many years of negativity that you are not sufficient, that you have to prove yourself worthy. And that is not the message we should be sending our children or even out to our friends. That's not the message we should be telling ourselves. That's right. That's exactly right. How did you communicate that? I mean, did you just tell your boys that or, you you know, was there more to it? Uh, Lots of discussions around the family table. Uh, Lots Mm -hmm. of discussions in the morning on the way to go to school. We as a family, we sit down and have family talks. They didn't always like it. They didn't always (laughs) care for it. But you have to communicate, right? And so my boys, they come to me. Even when they have, you know, their challenges, they pick up the phone and they say, hey, mom, can you... Do you have some time to talk me through this? I'm, I'm kind of stuck right now. So it's just determination. I've learned from conflict. Conflict is a good thing because it's an opportunity for you to redefine what you want in that situation. Whether you want to come back together and be whole back together or whether you want to move on, pivot and try something different. But conflict is a way for you to reset back to the foundation of that relationship, of that contract, of that union, whatever it is. For me, I look at conflict in a whole different way. That is a great framing on that. That's really great. What I've experienced and it's positive mindset out of it and it does not destroy you and it keeps you on track. I love that. That's really good. When you're talking earlier about the being worthy and how that's a message we have to give ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And most of us are not very good at that. I'm wondering if that relates to something that you said when we spoke earlier. You said you have to plug into yourself if you're going to get what you want. You do, yes. And if, let's say, for instance, you know, you're on a plane, I hate to use this analogy, but the plane is going down, the oxygen <laughs> masks are falling. Do you put the oxygen mask on your person next to you first? Mm-mm. No, you put the oxygen mask on you first because yeah. if you are not in a healthy man- state, if your mind is not free from that depression, if, if you can't think clearly, if you're not eating the right foods, if you're mm. not getting the proper amount of exercise, if you're not sleeping enough, if you don't have the right mix of people in your life, then how good are you going to be to the others around you when they need help? So That's you right. have to plug into yourself because nobody else in this world is going to plug into you. No mm. one's coming to rescue you. 
No one's coming to search you out and define you and make sure that you're going to be a success. No one's doing that in this world. No other human. Now, I do have a faith. I am pretty grounded and rooted in that faith. And to me, that's the only difference that, you know, the Lord and Savior that I choose to serve, He does care for me. Mm-hmm. He does plug into me. But you have to plug into yourself in this world because in the human world, no one's coming to get you and rescue you. No, You have to be your own rescuer out of the challenges that come to us, whether they are our own fault or whether they are outside of our control. You're right. And it's powerful. I remember I was in my early 20s when I, when I had that realization, like, yeah, no one's going to come knock on my door and rescue me. So that means I have to. You know? Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. That's why for me, it's not about being this A-type, you know, overzealous personality. <laughs> it's about just writing it out because it mm-hmm. helps keep me on track. It helps keep me focused. If I speak over it, if I write it down, if I post it somewhere, that's three ways. I got my list that day, or I got my plan of action, mm. whether it's just an action plan for six months or whether it's you know monthly, annual, you choose your tempo. Okay. Everyone can choose their own tempo in this world. For me, it kept me focused and mm-hmm. it is a successful method because I mean, my house is paid for. I have more mm-hmm. than a hundred dollars in the bank today, even though money <laughs> yeah. is not everything, but I have peace yeah. and I have freedom. And I have a mind that allows me to be creative. And mm-hmm. out of that creativity, I can pour into the lives of others. One thing I have to comment on, Renee, too, is that I love how you talk about plugging into yourself. When you were talking about that, it's more than just, oh, I'm going to go get my nails done, right? right. I, I think a lot of times we think we can mistreat ourselves and we can mm-hmm. run ourselves ragged and then we'll just go you know, for a spa day and everything's going to be fine. And Make no no mistake about it. I love a spa day as much as anybody else. Yes. But it's that system of caring for ourselves, you know, and and, and you gave some really good examples, you know, the people around you and your nutrition and your sleep and your exercise. And Mm -hmm. how are you treating yourself on a daily basis? Because Well, you have to curve out that time, right? You have to have a pattern or routine. One of the best things you can ever do for yourself, and it's so remedial, Make your bed. That's right. Make your bed in the morning. You feel good. Your, yeah, because it's an easy action. I know I don't like to call them tasks and I don't really like to call them activities, but it's an easy action to jumpstart your day, to launch your day. I mean, my friends make fun of me. I make my bed sometimes in, when we stay in the hotels, but it's, <laughs> I do. Okay, I've done I'll that just, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, but if you can accomplish that one action and you do it successfully, that's just the first one of, of many to come for that day. It gets you started, right? I always think about it this way. It's the first win of the day. It is. You know, and I like that momentum. I love that momentum. You know, and, and when you said you have to carve out the time, I think when you carve mm-hmm. out the time to take care of yourself, that is one of the greatest ways to say, to prove I am worthy, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't have the time to take care of yourself, what are you saying? That you're not, you're kind of saying I'm not worthy. You might not That's think right. about it that way. That's right. You know? And it's not going to the spa every day. It's not getting your nails no. done every day or, you know, all that, you know, pampering. But, you know, what it is, it's having that quiet moment, that quiet time that you can clear your mind, that you can think because, you know, we do our greatest thinking in the quiet, still pieces of our life, right? Yeah. So factor that in, you know, spend some time with yourself, learn yeah. about yourself. It's okay to get to know yourself. That's right. But you have to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. To do yeah. that. 
This past weekend, I drove on Friday, I drove nine hours because I wanted to go visit my dad. He lives nine hours away. And and I could only stay Saturday. (laughs) So I got there around six o'clock on Friday night. I I stayed, visited him with him on Saturday, took him for a nice drive because that's his favorite thing. He's 89. And I left yesterday morning to drive back. So like 18 hours of driving in what, 36 hours or something like that. But I loved it because I wanted to see my dad. That's very important to me. But for part of the drive, I turned the radio off. I turned all the podcasts off. I wanted the quiet because that's where my mind can relax. And so many answers come to you in that quiet. Mm -hmm. It does. But you have to be willing to turn off the noise. You do. You do. And it's not just the the decibels around you. It's the noise in your head. The noise in your mind. That radio channel is always blaring at us. It is. Unless we take control of it. It is. Just go ahead and change the station on that to a positive one. (laughs) That's right. The radio station in our head. So, okay. One other thing I wanted to ask you about, and then I'll let you get back to your vacation. One thing that you said is, and and this is what I noticed when I'm talking to you too, is you said you have to make it fun. You do. This world is fun. This world is creative. It's amazing how much laughter and how much joy you can get out of just having simple, stupid fun. You know, we get so caught up in roles and positions and statuses. Move away from all of that. Find the things that make your belly laugh, that make (laughs) you tickle, you know, spend time with friends that are just silly at times. And that's when you can learn the most about who you are. And you can help your friends around you too. Yeah. Life is not always, life doesn't have to be 100% serious. Breaking free from all of those statuses and all that pressure that the world puts on you. The pressure that I felt from my parents growing up that, you know, you are not anything until you prove to us who you are and don't come home until you do. That to me was the most horrifying thing I could have ever heard. I'll never forget exactly where I was standing the day that that happened. And it took me many years to move past that. So don't get tripped up on the negative things people say. I think that you're also a really good illustration of uh, this, Renee. I think sometimes we have that, the saboteurs in our head that tell us, oh, if we don't push hard, we'll never be successful. If we take time to laugh, you know, we're we're not pressing hard enough. We're not pushing hard enough. That's such a message in our society. Mm -hmm. And yet I have to say, I've worked with a lot of managers over the years, a lot of sales managers over the years. You are among one of the most successful sales managers I've ever I've ever worked with, you know. Oh, and, and no, I'm serious. And you're very accomplished. There's like nothing that you can't do. This is what I've seen from you. Like if you, mm-hmm. when you set your mind to something, mm-hmm. it's going to be done. And it's going to be done with yeah. excellence. So th- these are not like, oh, I can either be happy or I can be successful. No, you can be both. We're going to have our challenges, right? You Absolutely. can't focus in on the challenges. You can't focus in on the failures. You have to release yourself from those and move on. Um, I've had many failures in my life about things, but I don't let that define me. You, again, write your goals out, Mm -hmm. you know, seek out help. You can accomplish anything you put your mind to in this world. I firmly, firmly believe that. My parents wanted me to do huge, great, big things, you know, according to their definition, but this is not my definition. It's about what I bring as my contribution. You have to see yourself as being successful because if you don't see yourself successful, you won't be. It's mind over matter. It really is. That is a great Mm -hmm. point. That's a great point to end on. How can people connect with you if they want to? What's the best way? 
Sure. Well, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I am also on Facebook. So legal name, Charlene Renee Reaver Clark. That has all the successes and all the failures in that same name, right? <laughs> so, and I'm on LinkedIn and I'm currently working for Centerwell Senior Primary Care. It's a subsidiary of Humana. So those are probably the two best ways. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, Renee, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Um, thank you. I have enjoyed getting to know you and thank you for our sweet friendship. I really appreciate it. You bet. Have a great vacation and uh, thank you so much. I hope that you found a lot of inspiration in that conversation. Here are some of my key takeaways. Number one, it is never too late to make a new list. Along with that is also what we talked about in terms of not being so attached to our prior list that we are unwilling to change or let go of something that may not be as important to us as it once was. Number two, what is the radio station that is playing in your head? Is it filled with negativity? Is it filled with your inner judge telling you that you aren't good enough or that you aren't worthy or that you shouldn't try something new because you're just going to fail anyway? If so, it's going to be really hard to get a different result. If you are being held back by that line of thinking, you might want to check out our upcoming free event on building positive intelligence and mental fitness. For details, just go to bobbykaylor.com slash events. And finally, number three, you have to plug into yourself if you're going to get what you want. What comes to mind for me is this. How are you taking care of yourself? How are you nourishing your body, your soul, and your mind? We cannot run ourselves at the red line all the time and deplete our batteries and then expect our very best performance. We have to learn how to keep our batteries charged up. We have to take care of ourselves first. I could list several other insights, but those are my standouts for right now. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you'll share it with a friend or a colleague. It might be just the boost they need right now. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you have an amazing week. And keep thriving, no matter what.